this morning as we go to the Lord and to His Word. 2 Kings chapter number 6. 2 Kings chapter number 6. And we're going to start reading at verse number 24. I'm going to read 24 and 25. And I just encourage you to keep your finger uh, bookmark there in that place. We'll be going back to it. But 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 24 and 25. And if you're there with me, won't you say amen. The Bible says, And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it. Until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Here in this particular passage, we are looking at a situation of desperation. Samaria has been overtaken by the enemy. There was nothing that was going out and nothing that was coming in. They were brought down to mere necessity. Famine was in the land. We see as to where they are paying a premium for a donkey's head. And they are paying a premium for the remnant of a dove says dove's dung. And if you're like me, there's been times that I see the remnant of a bird in the area after I've just washed my car. I'll never forget Brother Pickens one afternoon. We were leaving school and my wife had walked out the doors and there was a flock of birds going over. And I heard my wife scream. And she came back in the door, and she had on, it was fall time, she had on a black suede jacket, and it was pelted with white residue of that flock of birds. A symbolism of that it was there. We know in the Scripture that the Holy Ghost is symbolized with the dove. And this morning, if we can, we see here as to where they are paying a premium for a residual of where the dove was. And if I can, for just a few moments, I just want to preach this thought, and that is dying where the dove was. Dying where the dove was. Can we pray together this morning? Father, I thank you today for your precious word. I thank you for every heart and in every life that is represented here this morning. Lord, I pray today that your word would be alive in our hearts. 
Father, I pray this morning that it would be planted in fertile ground of our souls, Lord, that we have ears to hear, a heart to understand, Lord, and especially a mind and heart to apply it to our lives here today. Father, I pray you would hide me behind the cross. Lord, cover me by your blood. Anoint my mind and my lips by your spirit to help me to preach your word here today. I will be quick and we will be quick to give you praise and glory for what you'll do in this house. I thank you for your faithfulness and truly we ask it in the name of Jesus. And the church would say, Amen and Amen. You can be seated this morning. Dying where the dove was. Amen. As I made mention, we see here in this particular passage, when I begin to read this, the thing that comes to mind is that of despair. And despair is an awful thing. Despair is something that takes hope out of the very atmosphere. Despair is something that changes the mindset of people. Despair is something that creates things to where we do not uh, see things in proper perspective. As to where we will try to manufacture certain things uh, out of uh, uh, maybe what should not be or we take on certain attributes, habits or practices that may be by in, 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 a, in a other normal circumstances we would never give ourselves to certain things. And we have heard the phrase and it is said that desperate times call for desperate measures. And I wish that I could tell you and I know that oftentimes that quote is reference to maybe some form of heroics that is performed in an hour of desperation and that does fit uh, in a certain degree. We have seen in desperate times that it has brought about a, a tremendous turn of events and where we have seen people maybe who rose to the occasion and most importantly we see as to where Desperation provides the opportunity for God to show himself in a magnificent and a mighty way. And in this, when I was reading and looking at this, and there are probably many of you that are familiar with this particular place in Scripture, this chapter in and of itself is very interesting as to the relationship, the conflict and controversy with Israel and the king there of Syria and we see a lot of things that are unfolding and you have to understand that as you read through chapter 6 there is great periods of time that are passing within a chapter. Sometimes in reading verses we are thinking they are happening, happening from one scenario to the next but there can be a period of years that are represented in regards to this and for sure there is roughly a year of that has transpired of conflict.
conflict and, and if you will some, uh, some talks and some controversy with the king of Syria but we come to find that Ben-Hadad had come in and he had besieged Samaria and the Bible says that as a result of this wicked king taking ownership here of Samaria taking control it's that now famine was in the land we find and as you read on the history of this particular passage that everything had been brought down there was a grip an iron grip that was held upon Samaria at this point and at this place we come to see that as a result of famine exhibiting itself in the land is that all necessities were being used up we find as to where not only is the necessities and the things that bring life but now inflation has hit Samaria as to where cost and the cost of goods and to even feed oneself now has spiraled out of control does it sound a little bit familiar have you come to see that even in this hour in which we live as to where there are things that are going on chaos and craziness and desperation in the hearts of people we are finding is that when people get hungry enough and desperate enough it'll take a man and it can make a thief out of him we, it'll take a man and can make a liar out of him oh brother Jake those things were already in that man's heart before it was ever done that might be true but I'm telling you is that desperate times bring about desperate actions by people when we look at this I want you to find and you'll see that despair here it was the forecast this is what everybody woke up in Samaria looking to despair hopelessness hunger famine frustration everybody now turning I can imagine if you can with me as to where there is no more real hospitality even between neighbors and as to where everybody has a every man for himself mentality I can see you see what you have to understand the pandemic revealed some things about our character here in America come on somebody we would go and we'll hoard 15 rolls of toilet paper we'll go and we'll clean the shelves off and we'll empty meat meat baskets in the supermarkets and there could be somebody standing right next to us in just as much need as where we are and yet for our own selfish reasons for my four and no more for my folks oh don't you understand and we'll look ugly at somebody and say it's a desperate time you don't understand I've got to take care of mine I'm sorry for you I can see where this is going on in Samaria I can see where every man is watching carefully protecting what little bit that he has oh can I say this morning friends I'm 
not just talking about a socioeconomic event. I'm wanting you to know that even in this day and in this hour, there is desperation in the land, but it is of the worst kind. It is a kind of spiritual desperation. It is a kind of hopelessness that is permeating the hearts of many men, many women, and even children. Oh, we've got a problem, church. When we look in this hour and we come to see that babies, I'm talking eight and nine years old, where there are parents walking into bedrooms and finding them as little as that, hanging in their bedrooms, killing themselves over things because Brother Pickens' desperation and hopelessness, it knows no age. It knows no demographic. It knows no, it doesn't care about what church you attend or who was your daddy or who your preacher was. I'm here to tell you there's a stranglehold coming on in the land and there is desperation all around us. There are people that are hurting all around us. There are people that sadly are sitting on our church pews and they're starving to death and they come in with pain and they come in with problem and they come in with sin and they're looking Brother T, they're looking for bread in the house. They're looking for something to sustain them but sadly much of the church says all I have is a donkey's head and the dung of the dove. We got stories to tell you. We got a hall of fame. We got some trophies on the shelf. We got a resume. But friends, we don't need a resume. We don't need a story of yesterday. We need folks not living off the dove's dung. But we need the dove right now. We need the dove alive in our midst today in our midst today desperation oh desperation does it turn your stomach to see to see the acts to see the the the, the performance that now the church is putting on they are trying to manufacture something They are trying to manufacture something. Oh, to tickle ears, to make people feel good. The church where the Holy Ghost is not allowed to move in liberty. All the church becomes is another form of entertainment. All the church becomes is another place. A country club with a steeple on the roof. Hear me, church. I 
I want you to know that we are in an hour where there are people that are coming in our doors with real addictions, with real sin, with real problems, with children that are in the pig pens, marriages hanging on by a thread, bodies that are racked with sickness and disease. And God help us when all we do is scoop up a few ashes or we go to the dung pit and say here this is all we've got friends we need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost we need a move of God one more time oh God help us help us the donkey's head mind you This is God's people who have now resolved to eat of an unclean, a ceremonially ceremonially unclean animal. And the worst part of that animal. Can you imagine? I've been on some mission trips and I've been into some foreign grocery stores. And I've seen some stuff I ain't never seen in an American supermarket. And I look and say, oh, wow. That's what those folks are used to. That's how they do. But can you imagine going into town and there ain't no brisket to buy. Come on, ain't no lamb chops to get. Ain't no Cornish hens to eat. But you go in and right there it says you open up your weekly ad for H-E-B or Kroger whoever do your shopping and it says weekly special. A donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver. Come on here. Oh, and we'll throw in with you a limit of two per customer. But we've got a pint of dove's dung to send you home with it. Oh, come on here. I want you to understand something. Here this morning, there's a lot of churches that are advertising a lot of things. There's a lot of churches that'll promote to you their weekly special. They'll promote to you what the sermon series is. They'll tell you who's going to be in the pulpit. Dr. So-and-so. Evangelist this and that. Ain't nothing wrong with the special speaker. Ain't nothing wrong with doing something special at the church but if the power of God is not evident if the spirit of God is not moving if the hand of God is not at work it is all in vain come on here listen when people are operating in desperation they will Put a premium on putrid. Things that we normally would not involve ourselves in. Things we normally would not do. Some things I've... And I'm not not saying this. This is not a land-blasting message to churches all around. But it grieves my heart when I see in men of God that I've known that today... Brother Roderick are far from what used to be. Hear me. It breaks my heart when a church body is far from what she used to be. Now listen. 
I'm not talking about being stuck in formation and religion and attitudes of the past. That, that's death in itself as well. But in the name of movement, in the name of revival, in the name of calling it a move of God, they have slapped and slathered lipstick all over that donkey's head. They've sprinkled all kind of stuff all over that dove's dung. Oh, they can draw a crowd on any given Sunday. But it breaks my heart that there are many that come in in desperation and they are in need from a touch from God. And there's nothing other than a show that can be provided them. Oh, four score pieces of silver. Silver. We find that this now, the putrid, had a premium put on it. It will cause you to call dove's dung a delicacy. It will cause you to set and rejoice. Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a country boy eater. And what I mean by that is I've never tasted caviar. Probably never will. I don't think I have a liking for fish eggs. <laughs> There's lots that I haven't had. I'm kind of a meat and potatoes guy, Brother Rodring. Amen. Beans and cornbread and ham and those beans. Come on, somebody. Chicken and dumplings, Sister Music. Amen. Sister Music blessed her pastor this weekend with some chicken and dumplings. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm that kind. But here's what we find. We find that where the Word of God said that, 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 that there is a table that is set. As a matter of fact, David said, you prepare a table before me in the very presence of mine enemies. Solomon said he brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me was love. David wound up saying, I've been young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread and I'm not trying to add anything to the scripture there's no place for that but old brother David could have went on to say they ain't begging for bread and they ain't got to be satisfied with the donkey's head and for sure they ain't got to live off the dove's dung I want to tell you church I know it's desperate times and I know that the world is in a delusion but I want to declare to you there's still a God in heaven there's still a table where the saints of God are fed there's still honey that comes out of the rock there's still water that flows there's still a Holy Ghost that baptizes that sets men free that restores the broken I say let's leave the doves dung and let's get back to the house of God where there's bread in the house. Come on here. Come on here. There are some things in our delusion brought on by desperation that some folks don't know any better. When I was growing up, my grandma and grandpa, I just didn't know any better. I didn't know they was poor. Matter of fact, I thought grandma and grandpa was rich, Brother Pickens. I thought they was rich. They weren't. They were poor. 
It was poor. Grandma worked as a full-time secretary for the sawmill. And Papa pulled logs out of the woods for the sawmill. And then when he didn't do that, he was sheriff of Carter County. At the time, Brother Christian, you could look it up, the stats at that time. He was the lowest paid sheriff in America. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> and... And uh, I remember, man, lunchtime at Granny and Paw Paw's. It was a pack of ramen noodle chicken flavor on the stove. And I still love ramen. <laughs> you go to my house, Brother Roderick, in my pantry, you'll see a big, like, 25 pack sitting there. We believe in ramen at the Smith house. Come on. <laughs> but it was ramen noodles and bologna salad. Yeah. I wish everybody could have saw Carmen's face. She, she just went, oh, Jesus, help him. She, I, just, I just earned a place in her. She, her heart's broken for me right now. But, hey, Sister Sylvia, that was some of the best eating in all my years. I thought that bologna salad, if you don't know what bologna salad was, it's just bologna cut up, and they threw mayonnaise and rel pickle relish in there, mixed it all together. Ta-da! Bologna salad. And throw that on a, a slice of white bread. And then, come on. And when you eat your noodles up, dunk it in that chicken broth a little bit. Man, we was, we was eating high on the hog. Amen. And as a result, here's the thing. I thought they was rich. I didn't know they was poor. And to me, bologna salad was a delicacy. Now, let me tell you something. I've had bologna salad since then. <laughs> and brother Eli it's not what I remembered <laughs> now don't get me don't get me wrong I still like a bologna and cheese sandwich all beef bologna bologna and cheese sandwich but brother Corey I, I was down in my hometown one time and I was in my early 30s I said oh somebody had bologna so I said oh man well I made a sandwich and I took a bite and I said oh my goodness I can't believe I like this stuff <laughs> I can't believe I liked it. Well, I'll tell you, there was some things that I considered a delicacy because I didn't know any better. That's what we had. I was born there. That's all we could get. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. But there's sadly much of the church that you knew what it was. David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And how can we go from that testimony? And we will be satisfied to sit in desperation on a pew. And when God gets to moving and the Spirit of God is moving in the midst of His people and you'll dare to sit there and cross your arms and pucker your lips out and roll your eyes and say oh another service like this oh another one of them excitable moments oh here they are there goes pastor trying to conjure something up again no I'll tell you what pastor's doing I'm trying to let you know you ain't got to die on the dove's dung that the spirit of God is here and he can do more in your life in a moment that you will let him instead of sitting there saying well I'll just I'm satisfied eating on this most people in here you know better you know what it is it's just it's been a while it's just it's been a while you've been satisfied 
on living where the dove was. You have now put a premium on the putrid. You're calling dung a delicacy. The inflation will challenge and change your integrity. Such delusion will weaken your worship. It'll water down the word. It will criminalize Christ. Come on here. And it will silence the spirit. How can we look at a heavenly father who has his hand open? And James said every good and every perfect gift comes from the father of lights above. And we'll set and we'll reject it. And we'll say I'd rather have the slop of this world. God forgive us. And may God wake us out of our delusion. I don't want to die where the dove was. I want to live where he is. A refreshing, a renewing, a reviving. Oh, but you see, he will come and abide where he is wanted, where we are hungry for him. The name out there on that church sign means nothing to God. You hear me? It could be called Victory Temple, Bethel Pentecostal. It could be called First Church of Beaumont, One City. It don't matter. We could flip, change that sign a hundred times a month if we wanted to. God doesn't come and say, well, there's victory. I've got to go and show up over there because it's victory. Because Clinton and started that church. No, sir. No, ma'am. I'll tell you right now. If you want to keep the dove alive and well in this house, if you don't want to be trading donkey's head and eating off dove's tongue, you better show up into this house hungry. Show up into this house with the desire saying, I'll die if I don't have you, Lord. How long has it been since we reached that point of desperation? That point of desperation. Oh, how can we Sit there and substitute. How can we? Listen, when you live in that delusion, the Holy Ghost offends you. Brother Torbert Sunday night preached on the window of despisement. And listen to me. You might think it's cute. You might think nobody notices. But let me tell you something. If you've got a problem... When somebody just wants to worship and makes their way down to an altar and because it does not fit your criteria or you're afraid it busts up your agenda of the service, you, my friend, have a problem. And I'm saying that with as much love as I can tell you. Where's Brother Aaron? Brother Aaron. He'll make people nervous. I'm glad you're taking notes. Put it on pause for a minute. Lift those hands up, Brother Aaron. You know what happens, Brother Roderick? I've seen Brother Aaron a time or two, three or four. Leave that back. Come on. Leave the back of that church where he's at his duty. He's got that red coat on. Usher. He'll leave that post, Brother Jeremy. And he'll come on up here and he'll have those hands raised. Come on. 
Can, I, can, the, can the Holy Ghost read somebody's mail this morning? There's somebody sitting in here. You got so used to dove's dung. When you see Aaron walking up there with his hands in worship, there's somebody sitting there eating on dove's dung singing, here we go. Here we go again. Pastor, if pastor was any kind of pastor, he'd set that young man down. He'd tell him, you ain't got to do that every service. What I want to tell somebody, what would happen? if you would do it every service what would happen if you would worship like that what what would happen if we'd reach a place and say I'm tired of dying on the dove's dung give me another errand or two give me somebody that says I'm not satisfied somebody clap your hands oh There is a problem if I get a sense on that platform that a young man, you hear what I'm saying? Doves, dung eaters will sit there and they'll talk all the time about, well, back in our day we did. Come on. Feasting on that dove's dung. And then... There's a problem when a man like this, a young man, we've been praying for young men, young women to get into the presence of God. Christian baptized in the Holy Ghost, dreaming dreams and seeing visions, laying hands on the sick. Brother Pickens had said, my daughter and our sons can do that. It was prophesied. I'm here to tell you where along the way did we sit and did pastors have to worry on the platform that somebody's given an evil look, that somebody's got seeds of doubt. If you want to kill a service, if you want to grieve the Holy Ghost, you will do that by sitting there criminalizing somebody who wants to get into the presence of God. I'm here to tell you, you've got permission. Brother Aaron, you've got permission. Brother Roderick, you got permission. Kara, you got permission. Yuda, you got permission. Laura, shout all you want. Speak in tongues all you want. I'm not going to die where the dove was. If it's the last thing we do, if it's the last thing we do, we ain't going to die where the dove was. We want to live where the Spirit is. Luke 3 and 15. And as the people were in expectation... And all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. Look, they were looking. They were hoping. They said, maybe John's the Christ. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh. He's so mighty, I can't even latch it, loose the latchet of his shoes. I'm not worthy to unloose him. 
Listen to this. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Oh, listen to me. And will gather the wheat. Oh, not the chaff. He'll gather the wheat into his garner. But the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable and many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people Luke 4 1 and 2 in Jesus listen to this being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil and in those days he did eat nothing and when they were ended he afterward hungered I want to tell you I know there's famine around us I know there's desperate times but I want to tell you the same Holy Ghost that lighted upon the Son of God and then afterwards he was led by that spirit into the wilderness but he did not go into the wilderness empty he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost we need to step into this world full of the Holy Ghost Jesus being our example showed us amen 40 days brother Roderick tempted by the devil and he overcame being full of the Holy Ghost The Bible says, after that the devil left him for a season. For a season. There are some of you, you're in the same old nasty fight every time. You're in the same old mess. You have a good service or two, a good week or two, but you roll right back in the same old rut. You're in the same old mindset. You're in the same grievous state of thinking. You're in that oppressiveness. You're in that place of bondage. You're in all those things. What do I do, Pastor? Listen to me. What do I do? How am I going to make it? How do I make it through desperate times? Perilous situations. Famine is in the land. It might be in the land, but it does not have to be spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking, in the days, in the last days of Christ would come, we know there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places. There would be famine. There would be pestilence. There would be flood. The earth groans within itself, looking for the return of the Messiah, the Creator, all of creation groaning. All of the world's at that place. Oh, but friends, can I tell you, every time there's been a desert, every time there's been a wilderness every time there's been a dry place there is a God in the dry places there is a river that flows there is the dove that abides hallelujah 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 oh hear me hear me This same Jesus. As we read 24 and 25. I wish I could tell you. 
that the desperation just stopped at eating on dove's dung. <clears throat> In verses 26 through 39, if you still have your place marked, as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my Lord. <clears throat> o king, he said, If the Lord do not help thee, Whence shall I help thee? <clears throat> Out of the barn floor or the wine press? He was alluding to the fact there's no more resource. There's nothing there. No food, no wine. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? What's your problem? She answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow so she goes on with the story we boiled my son and did eat him and I said unto her on the next day give thy son that we may eat him and she hath hid her son You see, it starts with donkey's head and dove's dung. And it quickly escalates to the most precious things we thought we would never turn on. As I read this, I thought to myself, God help us. We've got a generation of children that because mamas and daddies have grown accustomed to the taste of dove's dung, there's carnage and cannibalism Amongst this generation. In other words. To stay satisfied on dove's dung. We are destroying our children. We're an exception to the rule around here. I love seeing these babies in these altars. I love to see. I love for them to experience. Hear me. Hear me. Okay, sir, somebody, you still got the dove's dung spoon hanging out of your mouth. Well, our kids, our kids don't need to see all that commotion in the church. I, I don't know. They don't, I, I, in the church, we should be prim and proper, and this shouldn't happen, and that shouldn't go on. Let me just, let me just turn the light switch on for you. There's enough carnage going on in the halls of their school. You ain't got no clue. I had a dear friend. I've shared this before. I had a dear friend of mine, his second grade daughter, who came off the bus and said, Daddy, what does this and this and this mean? He said, Jacob, I nearly passed out. He said, I turned five shades of red as she was asking sexually explicit questions. And she had no idea what she was talking about. And he said, I asked her and said, where did you hear that? She said, some of the older boys on the bus were telling that to me. Come on here. And it's not just in our schools. It's, it's, in, it's in everywhere. It's everywhere we are. It's even in so-called, quote-unquote, Christian homes. There's carnage and abuse and desperate immorality that's taking place. And if we're not careful, 
after eating on dove's dung a while, our own children seem appetizing. Friends, in our great country, in the nations of this world, the Bible gives us indicators and ideas of what's going to take place. I wish I could stand here and tell you that it would get better, but it won't. It won't. We'll have some bright days. I'm not preaching damnation and doom and the fact just give up on life because it's all it just it's over with. No, God, as long as the church is in the earth, as long as God is still working His purpose here, He's always going to provide, Sister Diana. I was talking with a couple of gentlemen here from the church, and Brother Danny, if you'd come. Sister Haley, can you help us? And I said... One of the things that stands out to me, and some, some of you Bible scholars probably already picked up on this, I'm sure. It just takes me a little bit longer. I said, one of the things I noticed about their time, the Israelites' time in the wilderness, they know those that believed and those that were striving for the promised land, the land of milk and honey, houses they didn't build and land fields they didn't plow or sow. God was going to give it to them. That was the goal. But in that wilderness, Brother Bert, there were miracles that only happened in the wilderness and never happened again. Their first day in the promised land, they stepped outside, no more manna, no more quail. We never see where they went to another rock and water gushed from another rock. They never went to another Red Sea and it was parted. Their shoes... Brother Pickens started to wear out. They had to buy new clothes. That never happened in the wilderness. When they were bit by fiery serpents and at the point of death and God made a way in the wilderness for healing of their bodies, we don't see that again. But isn't it funny how oftentimes we demonize the wilderness. We demonize such conditions. But I want to remind the church, it is a place where you can see God do things like you've never seen before. Brother Jake, it's a dark day in America. Is it a dark day for the church? For the church that is not that is persuaded I will not die where the dove was, but I'm going to live where the Spirit of God is. Can I tell you, get ready to see Red Seas part. Get ready to watch waters flow out of the rock. Get ready to see on your hungriest day, manna and quail laid before you. When you think you're about to wear out, there's a supernatural strength that'll light upon you. And it said, they that wait upon upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint oh friends I want to tell somebody this morning there's still food there's still bread there's still revival there's still a move of God where the dove is don't be content and God help us that we don't die where the dove was. With every head bowed all over this place. Matter of fact, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. Can we do that first? Let's just stand. And I'm going to ask all who will 
Right now, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands to heaven. Come on. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands to heaven. When you do this right now, you're signifying, Lord, I don't want to be satisfied on the dove's dung. But Lord, I want to be right where the dove is. I want to be in the middle of revival, even where there's desperation. Come on, church. Would somebody lift their voice right now? Would somebody lift their voice right now and just 